Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. From the heart of the Carolinas, challenging the smug, misinformed arrogance of the left. The trouble with our liberal friends is not that they're ignorant. It's just that they know so much that isn't so. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well in your world. I want to begin right here in the Carolinas, in the upstate specifically. It's part of my effort to share encouraging news along the way. Excuse me this morning. Allergies beginning to um, kick in for some reason. As you know, we've been paying a lot of attention to this issue of cardiac arrest. Because of what we observed on Monday Night Football and Mar Hamlin. We had a situation much closer to home, very scary situation that happened in the upstate of South Carolina. This story reported by our friends over at WYFF in Greenville. An upstate middle schooler recovering now after suffering cardiac arrest, playing a junior varsity basketball game. I share this story because it is encouraging And it's a young person who's experienced this this time, and we're very happy to report this young man has survived. The student, Kamari Williams, Southside Christian. And you can imagine the horror of finding out that this young man pretty much checked out for about 10 minutes. Ten minutes. He was playing a basketball game at Southside Christian School against Brashear Middle College. All was going well until the eighth grader collided with an opposing player, causing a seizure and cardiac arrest. This is absolutely frightening. What was to develop next is... Profoundly praiseworthy. Southside Christian's athletic trainer, Chris Young, jumped into action and started CPR. You can imagine what's going through people's minds because they saw this. They saw this on a national stage. And here, this is happening locally, right in front of them. And they're saying because of the quick response. This young man is still alive. They're crediting this to proper CPR procedure. The CPR technique and hand placement that made all the difference in the world. 
as you would expect, the importance here is of keeping the heart pumping and making sure oxygen flows throughout the body. It's a great time to remind you, if you don't know CPR, maybe now's a good time. A good time to learn. I can tell you it's something I learned years ago, and I think a refresher course is probably in order for me. I want you to hear, uh, this is audio from LaTanya Perry, the young man's mother, just sharing about her experience getting that call. The relief in finding out that because of the quick response, no permanent damage. He wasn't on any breathing machines, anything like that. And the fact that she's very, very thankful about where her son is today. Here's LaTanya Perry. He was like, we were able to get him back. That's all he said. And I was like, what do you mean get him back? He was like, I'll explain it to you when you got here, when you get here. But I knew what get him back meant. But I've been working so fast, my son had didn't have any of that. He wasn't on any oxygen. He wasn't on any breathing machine. Uh, his vitals are good. He doesn't have any organ failure, any brain damage. Everything is coming back good. Don't take life for granted because you never know. It could change in a split of a second. And it certainly can. And we are so thankful. We celebrate along with LaTanya Perry. The fact that her son, Kamari Williams, he's going to be fine. In fact, he's going to be released from the hospital in the next few days. Isn't this a great story? Just to learn again of how um, this is just another manifestation of God's grace. I don't hesitate to say that at all. No hesitation whatsoever. As you know, the subject of what's going on in our schools is getting a lot of national attention, especially in Florida. And I want to spend some time, in fact, I want to do a deeper dive into the controversy in Florida about the educational issues in question especially as it relates to African-American studies. I have a pretty good idea of what's going on there, but I want to I want to learn more. But closer to home, we've got an issue developing that mirrors what took place in Florida and the same kinds of propaganda and panic porn we're seeing manifest right here in the state of North Carolina. There is a parent's bill of rights that's working its way through the legislature i want you to know about this this is vitally important it's kind of interesting because i was discussing both subjects with a friend of mine yesterday evening this friend of mine is i don't want to give too much away about uh this person but this person is gay and is very upset about what happened in Florida. And, you know, I, I was very glad about the discussion that took place. And I think there is some openness among a lot of people. And this is why I've told you before. I think the consensus on some of these issues is broader than uh, the media would make it out to be. Because not everybody... Not everybody in the gay community is interested in propagandizing children. 
So Republicans, they've revived this Parents' Bill of Rights. It's a bill that bans curriculum on gender identity, sexual activity, or sexuality in multiple elementary school grades. It also requires schools to make textbooks and other materials available for parental review at the schools and online. If a student changes the pronoun the school refers to them by, the bill would require notification of a parent in most circumstances. Now, previous version of this bill was criticized for potentially outing LGBTQ students. The new bill, if it's passed into law, would ban curriculum about gender identity and sexuality for kindergarten through fourth grade. This is very similar to Florida. It just adds a grade. The version that passed the Senate in 2022 would have banned the curriculum K-3. So it's just a great difference. And I remind you, and and I've said this before, this is not new. I still, for the life of me, am disturbed by the fact that we've gotten away from just basic education. And what is taking place, to be honest and I think many of us know this, is nothing more than propaganda. Propagandizing children and exposing them to things that I'm not comfortable with as a parent. We're going to talk more about this as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program. I've got to tell you this text line, and and it doesn't surprise me. You'll hear this. There's a lot of concern about the impact of these COVID shots. I told you the story at the beginning of the basketball player, young basketball player who experienced cardiac arrest. And this is one of the big questions people are asking. Did he have a COVID shot? I do not know. But you'll hear this in some of the text here. Vince, listening to your show today on the heart attacks for the young people, I really believe the vaccine COVID shots have something to do with this. I have a grandson, 14 years old, who is a swimmer. This scares the hell out of me. Again, Vince, the question, did the boy get the shot? Why is nobody questioning why all these young people are having heart attacks? Cardiac arrest is not new with young athletes, especially young black athletes. I hate that it had to happen on national TV before black media personalities started talking about it, this texture says. From the upstate, the fast response necessary in a cardiac arrest. That's why I'd like to see CPR linked to driver's licenses. Want a license? Take a class. Wow, that's probably a great idea. I wonder when Mr. Fauci is going to admit the mRNA injection is involved in these hearts stopping. Vince, it was the shot that caused this child to have, have a heart attack. I've heard more about heart problems since the shot. And I blame people like you for pushing the shot. Congrats, Vince. These heart attacks are not only on the shoulders of the makers, but people like you. Wow. Yes, I told you to go out and get a shot. I've given you an order. 
Then I told children to go do this too. I Can I just, let me just say parenthetically, while I objectively share the concern that you may have about this, may I also suggest to you you really need to get a get a grip on your attitude. Seriously. Get this under control. Do we want answers here? Yes. Do we deserve answers? Yes. But you got to cut this attitude of just attacking anybody and everybody. I don't have hurt feelings about this. I'm just more concerned just watching my country destroy itself with attitudes like this. We will not survive. It's not going to matter, folks, if we continue to behave like this toward each other. I'm just saying cut it out. We'll be talking more about this legislation making its way through the North Carolina legislature. This texter saying, Vince, oh no, South Carolina has a don't say gay bill. We're talking about North here. Hashtag sarcasm. Also this, Vince, I'm strongly considering getting CPR certified. The situations make me think about what if I'm the only one that could be standing between somebody and an untimely death I'm not going for any nursing or doctor degrees. I'm not even thinking about heroics. I'm just thinking about it more as a civic duty. Jeff, that is an excellent idea. On propaganda in schools. I agree not everyone is interested in propaganda and education on any topic. Without using hyperbole or name-calling, can you explain to me, where's the propaganda in an African-American studies class that is an elective, not mandatory, And if there's propaganda there, why not ban Old Testament or New Testament classes as well as electives? Oh, gosh. My goodness. Just a sampling of some of the items here that are over on the text line. So I want to talk more about this bill and what is actually in it, because as I've said before, you can expect the same attacks that we've heard before. It's not new. Can I just say emphatically, these are things that really have no business in the classroom, period. They just don't. Can we work? Can we have a concerted effort in this country to allow children to be children? This is part of my frustration watching this. The premature sexualization of children. It's kind of amusing. I remember years ago listening to Dr. to uh, Laura Ingram's show, and she would talk about these parents who really get into these beauty shows for young children. I mean, I'm talking three, four, five-year-olds, and basically dressing them up. I mean, I, I'm, and I think the way she was characterizing it is dressing these children up like little whores. It's it's horrible. And she would call them prostitutes. And she's right. We need to step back from not only promoting, but allowing 
the premature sexualization of children. It's really inexcusable. So, the landscape has changed for the legislature here in North Carolina. Republicans now have a supermajority in the Senate. Nearly have one in the House. Which did not take up the bill last year. It would have almost certainly been vetoed by Roy Cooper. Now Republicans are only one vote shy of being able to override Cooper's vetoes. Senate Leader Phil Berger has said the bill would be taken up early in the legislative session. Asked if the bill would be fast-tracked, Berger told reporters it would be ready to move. Now, a fast-tracked bill is one that moves through a committee and to the floor quickly after getting introduced, sometimes within a week. So, here is what is actually in the bill. Banning curriculum in K-4 in a section about age-appropriate instruction. The bill bans curriculum for kindergarten through fourth grade on gender identity, sexual activity, or sexuality. Curriculum defined as standard course of study and support materials. Locally developed curriculum, supplemental instruction in textbooks and other supplemental materials. It does not include teachers and staff responding to student-initiated questions. Fair enough. When a similar bill moved through the Senate in May 2022, it would have required notifying parents of changes in the name or pronoun used for a student at school and would ban instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in K-3 curriculum. Cooper and Senate Democrats compared it to Florida's Don't Say Gay bill. Former Republican Deanna Ballard said last year the bill is in no way restricting or prohibiting any conversation in classrooms. If a teacher has a same-sex partner, we're not stifling discussions, is what she said. Democratic senators also described the bill as an undue burden on teachers and schools. We're going to talk more about that. This is vitally important stuff, folks. I'd love to get your thoughts. And again, the simplicity of this comes down to one thing. Can we just stay to education? Stick with education. That will save a lot of problems. Stay with us. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. Over on the text line from the upstates, this texter says, my kids have attended Southside Christians since kindergarten. I've always been amazed at the teachers and staff's ability to act quickly and correctly in both action and prayer. God's hand on that entire situation. Also on the text line, this ongoing debate about vaccines, whether this particular child has a shot or not, the myocarditis link 
is found to be an absolute one. Johns Hopkins and others have attributed myocarditis as a side effect in some young people of the Pfizer Biogen vaccine. But we also have this. Young athletes have been dead from heart attacks before COVID. And that is true. Also this, Vince, those shots are nothing but poison. We will never get one. We've been talking about legislation. The News and Observer has a very comprehensive story on a new parents' rights bill that is making its way through the legislature in Raleigh. Here are some of the elements of this. Provisions about pronouns. Prior to any changes in the name or pronoun used for a student in school records or by school personnel, notice to the parent of the change. There's a novel idea. The bill encourages the student to talk with their parents. says an exception to providing records to parents would be when a reasonable, prudent person would believe that disclosure would result in the child becoming an abused juvenile or neglected juvenile. The right to seek a medical or religious exemption from immunization requirements. The right to review statewide standardized assessment results as part of the state report card. The right to request an evaluation of their child for an academically or an intellectually gifted program. Or for identification as a child with a disability. The right to inspect and purchase public school unit textbooks and other supplemental instructional materials. You get the idea here. Much of this is about disclosure. And... I'm sure the effort here will be to find that Democrat support that will turn this into a supermajority. So it'll be interesting to see not only whether this is passed, but also to see the coverage. Because you can bet it's going to be the same panic porn that you've heard before. That this is about being anti-gay and all the other stupid rhetoric, lazy rhetoric. And again, I just remind you, can we just get back to simple education, basic education? How about starting to do that right? Focus on getting that done the right way rather than delving into things that need to be left to parents. It's really that simple. Love to get your thoughts on this particular subject. Let's talk a little bit about politics. So we've got Donald Trump in the race for president. Nikki Haley will be throwing her hat in the ring very soon, especially for those of you south of the border. How intrigued are you about one Senator Tim Scott? He is stirring up buzz about some events taking place. An event in his home state. Tim Scott holding events in two early presidential primary states amid speculation he could run for the White House in 2024. He announced yesterday he's holding events later this month in South Carolina and Iowa. It's part of a listening tour focused on faith in America. Listening tour. Boy, that's familiar, isn't it? As you know, Scott is the only black Republican senator. The first event is going to be February 16th in Charleston, South Carolina. Curious as to what date 
that falls on. Oh, that's Thursday. Interesting. As the wheels turn. This in partial commemoration of Black History Month. This taking place a day after former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley expected to announce she's jumping into the GOP presidential primary. The next week, Scott is heading over to Iowa, another early primary state, to deliver remarks on the importance of faith in America. And we've also got multiple Republicans openly considering challenging former President Donald Trump for the nomination. As you know, Donald Trump held a couple of events, one in New Hampshire, the other in South Carolina last week, endorsed by high-ranking Republicans in the Palmetto State, including Henry McTaxter and Senator Lindsey Graham. Another saying that Scott could be a formidable candidate as one of the party's most prolific fundraisers. So far, he's been coy about his presidential ambitions, dodging questions about a 2024 run last year by saying he was focused on his re-election to the Senate. He won his second full term by a whopping 26 percentage points in November. So I'm, I'm especially curious, among those of you in South Carolina especially, how interested are you in the possibility of a candidacy from Senator Tim Scott? Would you like to see him? jump in to this particular contest and for that matter not just in you know your perspective on whether to get in or not the reasons for that some of the things i'm seeing here by the way just drive drive me up the wall do do some of you even know what a rhino is that word has been i've gotten to the point i don't like the word anymore because it's become very subjective very subjective. Now, the question is, what is a Republican? I mean, I think this is part of the problem. Because I've said for some time, the heart and soul of the Republican Party, in terms of what it's about, is it's a, it's a real question for me. I'm not sure I know what the party is about, what the real priorities are. I know it's on paper. I know it's in the platform. But I don't know that I've seen people fighting hard for those things in quite some time. But the subjective part of this has become very much a matter of opinion. And much of it based on, not on any objective standards, but on subjective, and and I'm just going to put it bluntly, the measure of orthodoxy the last few years has been how big people, how wide people have opened to pucker up and kiss Donald Trump's rear end. That's what I've seen as a measure of who's legitimate Republican and who's not. So, I don't know. It's very important to define your terms, from my perspective, anyway. Still to come, yet more developments on the issue of what is taking place in Ukraine and the possibility of a wider war. That much more as we continue our broadcast. Stay with us. Back 
on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. I'm very curious. What are your thoughts about a Tim Scott for president campaign over on the text line? Vince, anyone running against Trump is part of the swamp, protecting the swamp. See, this is what I'm talking about. What kind of stupid nonsense is this? Unless Biden is impeached, the House will not be able to hold Democrats and certain Republicans accountable for their crimes. Biden will just pardon them unless Trump wins in 2024. Look at this. Unless Trump wins. If you like Trump or not, the only person that will go after these people is Trump. Nikki or Tim Scott will do nothing about it. The Democrats get another free pass. So this is all about going after people. I mean, see, this is part of what concerns me. The shiny objects that I'm concerned have really profoundly distracted us. Uh, It's disturbing to watch. In regards to the Parental Bill of Rights, I thought that was settled in 1789 with ratification of the Constitution. Anytime legislatures try to codify our rights into law, it further institutionalizes the thought that our rights now come from them and not from God. The ten original rights are all the ones I need. The purpose of everything else that's followed has just been to diminish them. Wow, that is interesting. Vince, appreciate you. I think Tim Scott would be great. He's too nice of a person to lose his soul and be swept up by that swamp. He's a male black conservative, biggest threat to the Democrat Party. They will try to crucify him. Of course they will. Of course they will. My problem with Scott, same as with Haley. They're not conservative and sold out to the Uniparty. They represent what serves themselves, not the good of the people. Mm. So far as I can tell, Republicans support Ukraine and the bioweapons labs cover up the massive corruption and money laundering that occurs in that country, not wanting to do anything to address election fraud. So I guess I'm the rhino. Okay, there you go. What is your problem with McMaster? Curious. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I, uh, you mean McTaxter? Is that what you're referring to? Hope that answers your question. <laughs> McTaxter. By the way, what really matters to me in terms of conservatism, determining whether somebody's a genuine Republican, conservative, whatever, uh, for the record, Tim Scott has a 77, a C. Kind of a middle of the road, um, you know, score could certainly be a whole lot better. But I tell you, it's better than the leadership. <laughs> it's, oh my goodness. Uh, what else do we have here? I won't vote for Scott because he's gone to lots of trouble to avoid taking a public position on issues that are important to us and the nation. Uh, Dave out of Rock Hill. Tim's a great senator. I prefer a governor or business person for president. Okay. What is a Republican? Now that's powerful radio. Boring. <laughs> if Tim Scott becomes a Republican Party candidate, I will vote for the Democrat Party candidate. Oh, wow. Conservative in name only makes more sense. Rhino means nothing. Yeah. Tim Scott, he never engages unless he's called out or the race card has been played. 
Okay. Haley and Scott, not anyone the conservative Republicans need for a candidate. Mr. Vince, as a sandlapper, my opinion on Haley, she sucks. <laughs> Mr. Scott, however, I believe would make a great president. Nikki might run with Donald Trump. Has my vote. And this person likes to know, would like to know, can anything good come out of South Carolina? Ooh. As a resident of South Carolina, Scott's another worthless rhino that pops his head up when it suits him. Ooh. You folks are a rough crowd. I'm serious. You really are. Very rough crowd. <laughs> Interesting uh, events going on in Clemson, South Carolina. This is not new. I think this happens on a regular basis. The bake sale. The Affirmative Action Bake Sale. You've heard of these. One of these took place yesterday. Left some students upset. They called the news media. One of the emails, I'm appalled, hurt, and disgusted. Turning Point USA held this event. A sign showed each cookie had a different price based on the customer's race. You know what they're trying to prove here. A spokesperson for the Clemson chapters of the bake sale is an effort to highlight what takes place at other universities like Harvard and UNC and it's not targeting Clemson per se they're not even sure of what the admission policies are at Clemson but they were pointing out how inequality is basically encouraged by these policies <laughs> it's funny when people see in very stark stark reality what this stuff really is doesn't feel too good when it's happening to you does it yeah coming up we'll talk about concerns about war and our own readiness here in this country stay with us life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy all hits no skips Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on and abolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And here we are, hour number two of our broadcast. Before the break, I shared with you a story about Clemson University and... Something that took place there yesterday, the Affirmative Action Bake Sale. It's kind of interesting. I just received a message over Facebook that's quite intriguing. And I, I want you to listen to this very carefully. I think this is really intriguing. The idea behind the bake sale, of course, is to offer these products at different prices to show how this is just another form of discrimination. So, I'm not going to mention this person's name, 
But here's what she sent me in response on this subject of the Supreme Court case. As you know, there's a, a very important affirmative action decision pending in the Supreme Court. Vince, I'm a pre-college counselor. Another point people fail to realize. If the Supreme Court chooses to side with the students and not the university, before long, the university and other public universities will be completely overrun by Asian and Indian students. If schools are going to take the most qualified without regard for race, let me assure you, they are the most qualified Asian students with perfect scores, top five in class, can't get in UNC and NCSU engineering as it is. So if you're comfortable with that, then fine. But if the Supreme Court sides with students, this student's 100% Asian. This is 100% what will happen. Public universities comprised primarily of Asian and Indian students. What do you think about this? See, and I think this drives home the bigger argument. What the hell are we doing with our educational system? Why is it the most qualified are Asian Indian Indian students? If that's your position, it really is a damning indictment on our educational system. I think it is. If you have a different view, I'd love to hear it. But we can't talk about equality. We can't talk about avoiding discrimination. And yet go to the other side and facilitate discrimination. For whatever purpose. Whatever sincere efforts we're trying to achieve. I mean, that's where I am on this. I understand Becky's concern here. I do think it's extreme because I don't think... That will completely preclude whites and blacks and others and Hispanics from getting in. Will there be a lot more people from other backgrounds getting in? Oh, I'm sure. I don't doubt that at all. Which is another reason I I, I just have suggested a number of times this whole system needs to come crashing down. Because the whole thing is it's it's corrupt. It's really overpriced, and it's, what's the other word I'm looking for? It's really outdated. This whole model, it's outdated. So I'm wondering whether this is an academic academic discussion, no pun intended, that's really a waste of time anyway. This texture saying sounds like Becky is concerned about genetic differences in IQ. Oh boy. Let's not go down that road. All right. I'm trying to see the rest of this text here. Oh, okay. This texture. <laughs> 50% education system, 50% Asian kids are less coddled and spoiled by parents and culture. Boy, that'll preach. If Asian students earn it, let them have it. American schools are too worried about pronouns and dress codes to care about academics. See, this is what I'm talking about. And you're going to hear the same thing about what's going on in the military from a member of Congress that I uh, have not heard much from. 
but I, I think he's really got his finger on the pulse of what's happening. Another texture here, you are 100% correct. Black and white students can't compete. They need to work harder. The difference in IQ is in the extremes. The middle matches you, matches up pretty well. All right, folks. And again, I am not, I want to make this very clear, I am not into panic porn. Okay? Having said that, I have expressed very clearly that I do believe we're in very dangerous times. Very dangerous times. The U.S. Sun has a story called Zero Hour, how Putin is preparing a massive assault with half a million men on two fronts. And the folks in Ukraine think they know the exact date. Vladimir Putin feared to be preparing for a new onslaught on Ukraine with up to 500,000 soldiers. Russia believed to be plotting an attack across two fronts, pushing into eastern and southern Ukraine. Kiev believes Mad Vlad's attack may happen around February 24th. The one-year anniversary of the invasion. Putin is desperate to achieve something after a bruising first year, which has seen his forces thrown back. Ukraine, however, fears the next few weeks will be crucial for the conflict as they continue to call for weapons from the West. You know now they're looking for fighter jets. The defense minister believes Putin is gathering up to 500,000 soldiers for the new offensive. And it comes as Putin's top diplomat, Sergei Lavrov, said Russia was ready to gain the world's attention. He did not provide any details. It's understood there are around 326,000 Russian troops currently on operation in Ukraine. I, would, I want you to think about this for a moment. Think about Ukraine. Little Ukraine. They've got 326,000 Russian troops deployed there, and they still have not sealed the deal yet? It's been reported between 150,000 and 200,000 are in camps on training exercises, with Ukraine also warning Putin could call up another 500,000 conscripts. The concern is the Russians could carry out an offensive on two fronts, pushing into the south and into the east. Kiev preparing for the assault, admitting things will be difficult, warning they cannot lose the initiative. Vlad's initial assault last February saw his forces storm towards Kiev, but they were sent back by the Ukrainians. Ukraine then went on the counteroffensive, liberating huge swaths of the country from the disorganized Russians. Then the conflict slowed down over the winter. In recent weeks, it's been reported the Russians were beginning to make gains. Putin will likely be seeking some sort of major triumph or a new operation to mark the anniversary, with his own future now tied to the success or the failure of this war. The Ukrainians saying they cannot lose the initiative. And this is why they are asking for additional help. What do you think about this? This is sobering half a million that is overwhelming force coming up we'll talk about the u.s side of this and a concern from a senator here in this country about the state of our own military that much more as we continue
Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program. <laughs> Man, this subject of affirmative action, what's going on with our educational system, has really gotten a lot of attention here. Uh, let's begin here. Asian and Indian cultures still allow for shame due to failure. This is the path to excellence. Hmm. Vince, the reason, I assume, referring to success, Asian and Indian cultures, those parents are more present, more involved in their children's education and success than other children's parents. Asian and Indian families don't cry racism every time their kid is disciplined. Principals and teachers are handcuffed and irresponsible parents are never held accountable. I love this text. This is hilarious. If Indians and Asians end up dominating the educational system, at least white supremacy, that argument will go away. (laughs) If this war goes on for another six months, the Ukrainians will be asking for nukes. And Biden will say no a month before he gives them up. Isn't this the way pretty much he's operated? Oh, we can't do that. Yeah. Pretty amazing. Over on the text line as well, Vince, yesterday, you were praising the book Taboo, and today you won't get into the fact certain ethnic groups perform better in the math and sciences. We need to be honest about this. No, I'm not, uh, I'm not changing my tune. This point has been made very, very clear. There's no backtracking here. So, this is um, pretty straightforward stuff. You're not hearing from me any idea that we change or water down standards. It's not something you're going to hear on this program. So, before the break, you heard about the possibility the Russians may really step things up. 500,000. 500,000 possible additional troops thrown into the Ukrainian theater. So how about here in the United States of America? How is our military? Well, it's pretty interesting. Uh, Tommy Tuberville, who is a Republican senator out of Alabama, painted a pretty bleak picture of the state of international affairs and what's happening in this country. He had a conversation with a radio station, a local radio station. Tuberville, by the way, is a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, and he was talking about the problems going on with the U.S. military and our inability to recruit. Now, I want you to listen to a couple of pieces of audio from Tommy Tuberville, because I this guy just absolutely nails it. Nails it. Uh, let's see here. The first thing he talks about is the military itself. You know, what is our military focused on? What are the things that they are talking about in light of a world that's becoming certainly more dangerous, more hostile? Here is Tommy Tuberville talking about issues in the military. We got more problems uh, in our military right now because of the leadership uh, the wokeness that they're teaching, the CRT, the 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 things that were our, our kids shouldn't be taught. And as I tell 
in, in hearings. One of the first things I always tell General Milley, who's Joint Chief of Staff and, and the Defense Secretary, our Lloyd Austin, guys, you're not here to educate people on uh, social issues. You're here to build a killing machine. We have to protect our country. We have to protect our allies. And that is not their number one agenda for some reason. Uh, you know, they want to bring all this woke uh, uh, teaching to our military. And right now we are we were 20 behind, 20,000 behind last year in recruiting in the Army. First time ever. And why is that? Because these young people growing up looking at it going, wait a minute. I don't want to go in there to learn all this woke stuff. I don't want to follow up on what they just did in Afghanistan. Are, are, are we doing it for the right reasons? Um, it's just amazing, you know, the, the direction our military has gone. So I talked to the head recruiter yesterday, the general of, of the Army. We're trying to come up ways to uh, to help recruit more. You know, that's all I did for 40 years. And um, and as I told him, uh, you got to have something to sell that the young men and women want in this country. Right now, what you're selling is a is is a society that most of the people in this country don't believe in. Wow. This is pretty uh, sobering stuff, isn't it? The military, what are they focused on? Being woke. Just a bunch of stupidity. So how about a reality check? What's really going on in the world? What are the real-world threats that we face right now? Here's Tommy Tuberville again. We got a lot of work to do, Jeff, in the military. And and unfortunately, I will tell people this, and everybody needs to understand this. This is the most dangerous time in my lifetime. And I've lived in this country, on, on this planet, for 68 years. I've never seen us in such turmoil in terms of Middle East now with, with uh, Israel shooting missiles in Iran. Of course, Ukraine and, and Russia, which is, I mean, we are teetering on the brink of World War III. And then you got China over there just laughing, going, what day are we going into Taiwan? Uh, and when that happens, it won't just be us. Then you got Japan's going to jump into that. Australia's going to jump into that. And we, we've got an administration here that's worried about climate. Their number one focus is on this climate hoax that we've got. And everybody worries about our environment. That is the that is should be number 25th on the list <laughs> this ought to be number 25 on the list this guy he gets it doesn't he he fully understands we're at a place where we have dangers all around and inside the country we are not preparing in the way we need to be preparing we're focusing on stupidity in fact doubling down on stupidity what are your thoughts here about the comments from Tommy Tuberville? Over on the text line, response to what we shared about Russia and what could happen in the coming weeks. Vince, of those 500,000 Russian troops are conscripts, a.k.a. draftees. They will most likely be poorly trained and equipped. Most importantly, not motivated to fight and die for Putin. It will be a repeat of the Winter War of 1939. In that conflict, the Soviets lost 250,000 troops in exchange for what one Soviet official remarked. We gained just enough land to bury our dead. Oh, my gosh. Boy, that's sobering, isn't it? What are your thoughts on this and how all of this plays out? 
Uh, Spencer, we got about uh, 30 seconds or so for starters. Uh, what are your thoughts here quickly? Okay. Uh, isn't there a bunch of troops that were massed on the Belarus border months ago? And wouldn't it behoove Putin to have a whole bunch of troops on the east and south to draw off the Ukrainians for the Belarusians to run up? Blitzkrieg into uh, Ukraine. Well, yeah, I, I I think what you've described here is what they may very well be preparing for now to attack on multiple fronts to wipe this country out. <laughs> Stay with us. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing Talk Line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now, back to Vince. Over on the text line, Vince, as far as young people not signing up for the military, perhaps it's because schools focus on subjects like critical race theory and not patriotism. Students are taught to resent the founding fathers because they were evil slave owners. We also have this. I like that guy, Tuberville. <laughs> but we also have this. Vince, Tommy Tubby is full of it. Military is full of people that are so uneducated they end up in the military. Ooh. Or the police department. They aren't our best. The best have better opportunities. Ooh. The current administration is nothing but placeholders picked for their diversity value. We need people who can effectively do their jobs in those positions. The people who can be effective are well paid in industry. And they're well aware that in the current political climate, they will be given the Trump treatment. Hmm. Who would, who would want to sign up for the military right now? There's no good reason to back this government. Just a sampling of some of the items over on the text line. Really interesting poll that is out from Gallup on America. You know, I, th I think it's really sad very sad the place that we're in right now when you think of this country and our place in the world i mean let's get real we are we have a lot to be thankful for this is not a perfect country and nor is there any such thing and yet, there's such profound disappointment. And I, I think one of the reasons why you have disappointment is because you have this gap between what should be and what is. That's what's going on here. So Gallup 
has this story. Americans still glum about the State of the Union in most areas. Most areas. Public satisfaction with several broad aspects of the country. This is satisfaction. It's at 41%, which means 59%. Not satisfied. Satisfaction with longer list of specific policy or life areas averages 36%. Mood is similar to 2022 and unchanged from 2021, the lowest point. You remember back when all of this COVID madness started? And you could understand the atmosphere then. What's going on now? Why are we basically in the same place in terms of our mindset? So Americans' assessment of the State of the Union remains in the pandemic-era slump seen since 2021. Subdued satisfaction, 30 different aspects of the country, including the public's reaction to several aspects of U.S. society generally, also specific issues facing the country. 23%, a mere 23% of Americans are broadly satisfied with the way things are going in the country. The rest dissatisfied nearly half very dissatisfied as you hear this how would you characterize where you are right now most are content with the quality of life but not the nation's morals the overall quality of life in the country 65 percent opportunity for a person to get ahead by working hard 61 percent are the only two societal dimensions of Eight measured in this year's Mood of the Nation poll that a majority of Americans view positively. Well, those are good things. It's a good start. Even those satisfaction ratings, however, are well below the record highs of 89% for the quality of life in 2001 and 2. 77% for opportunity back in 2002. Folks, it's been a long time. That's over 20 years ago. Close to half of Americans today are satisfied with the influence of organized religion. While satisfaction drops to a third for the size and power of the federal government, as well as the U.S. system of government and how it works, Americans are least satisfied with the nation's moral and ethical climate. 20%. Isn't it interesting? The way income and wealth are distributed, 24%. The size and influence of major corporations, 27%. And it's kind of interesting as you look at a graph of these figures and what's happened. Most of these indices are down. Now, Gallup, they've been measuring American satisfaction with various aspects of the country each January since 2001, except in 2009 and 10 when the question was not asked. I wonder why they didn't raise that question in those years. The only significant change in the broad societal ratings over the past year, a 6 percentage point decline in satisfaction with the way income and wealth are distributed. This is attributed to the prolonged period of high inflation since January 2022. There's been a real financial hardship for a lot of people out there. You might be among those. Seven of the eight societal dimensions, all but income, wealth, equality, have been measured annually since 2001. The average rating, 41% today, identical to the rating in 2022 and the record low of 39 down in 2021. 
average satisfaction significantly higher in January 2020, just before the start of the pandemic. It's ranged narrowly from 44 to 50 for the nine years prior to that. The ratings are highest for the military in positions of of women, gay, and lesbian people. A new survey also probed American satisfaction with 22 specific public policy and life areas. And high, 64% for the nation's military strength and preparedness. 14% for the nation's campaign finance laws. Well, that's not too surprising. The public is content with just four issue areas this year based on majority-level satisfaction. The position of women in the nation the acceptance of gay and lesbian people, and the nation's security from terrorism. All others fall short. In fact, 13 of these areas, lower than 40%. Over the past year, satisfaction improved by a statistically meaningful amount in just two areas. Security from terrorism up 8 points to 55. Social security and Medicare systems up 7 the economy down 8 points to 25%. That's not surprising. The acceptance of gay and lesbian people down 7. The nation's gun laws policies down 7. Level of immigration down 6. The nation's efforts to deal with poverty and homelessness down 6. It's kind of weird, isn't it? Um, you know, I do understand especially the economic concerns. But... The level of dissatisfaction is pretty extraordinary. I think it's going to make for a very interesting 2024. What about you? Stay with us. Over on the text line. I thank God my house is in order spiritually. I don't worry about all this mess that's going on in the world. That's Chris out of Shelby. Biden says he's going to lift the emergency restrictions May 11th. Why so far out? Why not now? I'm very suspicious. You should be. (laughs) I learned back in the 70s. Satisfaction has to come from within yourself. If you chase it externally, you end up following the rest of the lemmings over the cliff. That is a brilliant text. That probably gets my prize for text of the day. It's got to come from within. Let us see. This person responding to the text about the military. My military son has the equivalent of an MIT education in nuclear engineering. Hmm. Any secret clearance? Excellent. I think this is to counteract the suggestion from someone earlier that a lot of uneducated and basically the implication, not so smart people are in the military. Believe me, I understand where you're coming from. This person, on the college subject, is it possible non-Asian American students could work harder to get into college? Of course it's possible. Vince, many of your texters today are absolute morons. (laughs) 
As a former Marine, I take offense to the fact that you know you don't have intelligence. If you were in the military, they better pray to God every day. There are people that want to be in the military that will protect their lazy asses. Good for you. Good for you. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. We have a number of items here. So obscure, so many of them, that we'll just tell you what they are. How are you doing today, Chris? Doing well, Vince. Very good. 1659, Jan Van Reerbeek. I'm sure you've never heard of this person. Did something quite profound. Four years after planting a vineyard in South Africa, made some wine. Isn't that wonderful? I think we are still thankful for that, those of us who do like wine. 1795, France offered a prize of 12,000 first francs to the person who invented a way to transport food to troops. That was certainly very important to be able to accomplish that. 1876, baseball. Do you happen to know, Chris, which league was founded first? Between the two. Ah, the National League. You're correct. It was 1876 for the National League, and the American League would show up back in 1901. 1887, we'll have a story about this if time permits. The very first observance of this event in Pennsylvania. Groundhog Day. You better believe it. 1887 was the year. This is a long tradition. 1913, Grand Central Terminal opened up in this city. New York I'll bet city. you know that New York City is absolutely correct. 1925, this company started out as a catalog company, but they finally opened their first retail store in Chicago. In fact, they've got a big tower there. Sears. It's Sears. 1960... We have the Senate approving the 23rd Amendment, which bans a poll tax. 72, the Winter Olympics started in Sapporo, Mex- Mexico, Japan. And 2014, the untimely death of one very talented, Philip Seymour Hoffman. He was only 46 years old. It's pretty amazing. And we do need to get some breaking news. Very important breaking news in light of what you heard in the day in history. That furry critter in a western Pennsylvania town has predicted, are you ready for it? Six more weeks of winter. People gathered at Gobbler's Knob. As Puxatani Phil's inner circle summoned the groundhog from his tree stump at dawn to learn if he's seen his shadow. And according to them, he did. According to folklore, if he sees a shadow, there will be six more weeks of winter. If he doesn't, spring comes early. The Inner Circle is a group of local dignitaries who are responsible for planning the events, as well as the care and feeding for Phil himself. So um, that's the word out of Puxitani Phil. By the way, NOAA, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, compared Puxitani Phil's forecast to the national weather the last 10 years and found on average... Phil has gotten it right 40% of the time. Why do we bother with this little rodent? Do you bother with this rodent? Do you believe this thing, Chris? 
I wish they'd just leave him alone. <laughs> just let him sleep. I'm sure he's probably thinking the same thing. Um, nonetheless, if you believe him, six more weeks of winter. Um, let's just wait and see what happens. You know what's going to happen, by the way. We're going to get a big winter storm like the first or second week of March. You know how this happens. That's all the time we have. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have a great day and God bless you. Adios. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.